is so beautiful, you know. Come play. The page dynasty is the newest rage. Maybe you've played, maybe you've made a trade. Trade list, and now these fish are all up on ya. I mean, you won three ships, they wish they had your. So this is it. You wanna learn the game? 101 pick when it hits, you feel no pain. Praying for the fantasy championship. Hit the books, kid. Read this pamphlet called the Owner's Manual. It's automatic d- dynasty. It, it's automatic owner's manual. It, it, it's automatic d- dynasty. It, it's automatic. <laughs> and here are your authors: Chris Allen and a- a- Adam Wildy. All right, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode 21 of the Dynasty Owners Manual podcast. I'm your host, Chris Allen, and we're here with Sam Lane of the, again, let me, let me make sure I can get this correct. I got to read off your, your list, man. You got a, you got a long <laughs> list behind you. So we've got yeah. Sam Lane of IDP Guys, Fantasy Football Franchise, and also the Fantasy Authority, which, if I'm not mistaken, so you were saying before we got on, you've got a, you got a weekly column that you, that you're working on th- this season as well? Yeah. First and foremost, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, really appreciate the invite. But yeah, I, uh, I'll be writing a start sit column, uh, for the fantasy or sorry, the, the fantasy authority. So yeah, be looking out for that every week. Should be coming out on Thursdays. Awesome. Awesome. So that is it. Now, since you do, you did some work for IDP guys, the weekly start sit just going to be focusing on offensive players. Is it also going to look at defensive players as well? Or is it, I mean, just strictly for redraft? I mean, what are we talking about here? Uh, so that will be mostly, uh, or it, it will be strictly offensive players. Um, the stuff I'm doing with IDP guys, I'll be looking more at like the under the radar rookies. Uh, I, I, I'm doing a column, uh, rookie watch, which is looking at like, uh, rookie linebackers that maybe are, that aren't, um, uh, tr- uh, Tremaine Edmonds from, uh, uh, Buffalo, uh, that, that aren't Ro- Roquan Smith, um, but looking at guys that have a, a, Im- or can have an impact in the future. But yeah, I still go to IDP guys. Um, Gary Van Dyke, uh, the IDP tipster is doing a weekly column for the start sits. So they can definitely give you some uh, insight on those, uh, IDP analysis. And just for my own edification and not to, not to put you on the spot, but do you do any, uh, Debbie work or like work in that area? Cause I know that's probably, I think as the season progresses and especially for dynasty owners, a lot of folks might start to look at some of the prospects that are probably going to be coming in in the 2019 season. So I wasn't sure if you dabbled in that as well. Uh, I personally don't. Um, and actually uh, I'll talk about that later in, in, in terms of what we're going to be talking about today. But yeah, um, I, I'm more of a, NFL guy, I just, for some reason, never gotten into the college football scene. I'm kind of that way as well. I think Adam is more of the, the Debbie person, I guess, to, or understands like college prospects a bit more than myself. So when it comes to, he schools me all the time when it comes to <laughs> rookies and like the colleges that they're attached to. And it's just like, oh, okay, but how much is he really worth? Okay, just, just get, give me the answer, all right? Like, I, I don't care, like, you know, if he went to Ole Miss or, like, South Dakota State or, like, Central or whatever. I don't care. Like, just how much is he worth? Okay, just give me the answer. But, uh, no, 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 I'll just play it. But uh, since I did rag on him, I have to introduce my co-host. Adam, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well, man. And the thing is, I don't actually watch college either. I just read as much as I can from people that know what they're talking about because 
I don't know how people maintain families and relationships watching football on Monday night, Thursday night, Saturday, the entire day, Sunday, the entire day. What, when do you do anything? So I've tried to force myself into the college football scene because I know how important it is to know these players. It's just there, there's a thousand teams. <laughs> there's 10,000 players. So you just have to find the right people to listen to and let them tell you all about it. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. It just seems like with all of the regular, I mean, with the NFL action that's going on and that will be going on within the next 24 hours, we're going to actually have some, you know, game being played or sitting there in front of us. I would, I would much rather focus my time on that. And then, yep. yeah, sure, if there's a big game going on, and of course, I mean, folks that have been listening to the podcast know I'm, I'm from Ohio. I'm not a Buckeye, I'm a Bearcat, but of course if there's a Ohio State game on, I'll probably get conned into watching it or something like that <laughs> at some point. So it, it's around us, so of course we have to absorb it at some point. And of course, most of the players that we wind up following in the NFL have those college starts. They have to start somewhere. So, I mean, it's probably best to get in as early as possible. But, of course, Sam, that's not why we brought you here tonight. We we came here or we brought you here at such a late hour. Again, I do apologize for for the lateness of when we're getting this stuff started. But we came here to talk about some deep sleepers and, and what those are and how we can try and find value in some of these late round picks. And so, I mean, I'll, I'll start off with just like the basic question. So like if somebody were to say that this person is a, is a sleeper, I mean, but I think in this day and age with Twitter, uh, Facebook, and just like a, a zillion podcasts, and of course the DOM podcast has to be the number one on your rotation, <laughs> but uh, with all that information out there, uh, I, I wouldn't, th- I wouldn't think that anybody's a sleeper really, but I, you can call them a late round flyer. But when you hear all those terms, I mean, what does that mean to you? Uh, I guess for me, it's you're looking at players that aren't like in in everybody's mind that that you know, or for me personally, that I know can have an impact in that season and have a path to uh, significance in fantasy football. Um, my, for instance, is uh, Quincy Anunua for for the New York Jets. Um, he's being taken way late, and if at all, and we're talking about a guy who is coming off of injury, but had a significant impact his sophomore season. He led the Jets in, in eight with 800 yards, four touchdowns, had 25 less targets than Brandon Marshall, had uh, Fitzgerald, Bryce Petty, and Geno Smith as his quarterbacks, and yet still put up numbers. So when you're looking at, at, at deep sleepers, it's those guys that you, or for me, can have an impact or have a a path to an impact on their given team. Um, and, and it really depends on the situation. Uh, so whether they're buried on the depth chart or they're, like I said, coming off of injury or just not well known. Um, so those are the guys I'm kind of looking for late, late in rounds to, and, and I think that's what the, the term flyer means is you're, you're going to take a flyer on, on these guys that they're high risk, high reward. I but think, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. really, it's low risk, low high risk, high reward. Because yep. You're taking them way late, so right. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking at um, in terms of of those sleepers or, or the late round flyers. Yeah, so and Adam, so, like, go ahead. Uh, but like, just a quick question, Adam. Like on that, what uh, Sam was just saying. I mean, would you agree with that? With what his assessment of a late round flyer would be? Oh yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's low risk, high reward. Uh, it's really figuring out. 
who's the lowest risk and the highest reward is what we're going to get into today because none of the players we talk about today are going to cost you an arm and a leg or anything in some of these cases that we get into. Um, but it's more along the lines of, are they going to be roster cloggers? Because you can't just take every single player off the waiver wire and throw them on your bench and hope that they're Jarek McKinnon next year. That's not going to happen. So we're going to get into a little bit what makes these uh, these late-round flyers better than the others. Right, and I think the, the key points, at least what I've taken from both of you guys here, is the fact that I, the – the connotation, I guess, is in the is in the term itself. Late round flyer. They're going in the you know the back end of drafts. They're the last person that you really think of after you see all the other picks that either you wanted or the players that you really wanted. You're able to take it a value, and you're just looking to fill out your bench and you're looking to fill out depth. And you see a guy out there. I mean, just like you mentioned, Sam, I'm I'm all in on Quincy Anunwa this year again, assuming health. But I think from a talent perspective and also from a team situation perspective, his path to at least a, a viable role to, I guess, to outkick his ADP, I think the I think the path to that is, is a fairly easy story to, to tell yourself or other players like John Brown. I mean, where he's going at in drafts, I can see him outkicking his ADP. So players like that, when you look at them and you can say, oh, yeah, I, I remember that guy. I remember him scoring you know, or performing well either on his – old team or new team or whatever the case may be, I can see the the path to targets and I know that the talent is there. So if I can tell myself that story, why not have him sit on your bench and see what happens? But I think that's the, the easiest way to kind of take a look at things. Don't you guys agree? Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it, you might even be able to swing it as a kind of way for us to flex a little, huh? I mean, everybody wants to be able to say that that's the guy that I told you all to go get last season. You know, if everybody, if somebody was out there, you know, telling everybody to, to pick up Jarek McKinnon last year, then, uh, Rest they would probably be flexing right now. Yeah. Rest in peace, yeah. So Sam, um, we've, we kind of talked about what it is, but, why is it so important to identify these late round flyers for your long term success? Well, I think you gave Exhibit A in Jarek McKinnon, where your value sees a gig. I mean, these these guys' values can see a gigantic jump. I mean, McKinnon was, I guess, in terms of uh, rookie picks, you're talking about mid to late second uh, at the end of last season. He showed he can he can produce, but he didn't really have that prospect with. Dalvin Cook in front of him with Latavius Murray in front of him, but then he get all of a sudden he gets signed by the San Francisco 49ers and a lot and everybody sees him as a bell cow back, and he's in there for mid to late first. So you see an entire round jump there. So that's a, especially in dynasty, that's kind of the name of the game is value. How do you do that value jump? You start to be able to build a stronger and stronger team because you can use that value. Well, you can you you can either use them on your team, or you can use that value to get a more established player. Say, like your top end wide receivers, your top end running backs, because those guys are young and they they've shown that they can they can uh, do stuff in the NFL. So the idea is that you want to see a value jump, and that's why taking flyers on these guys is very important, especially in dynasty. So when you're looking for some of those late round targets, are there any specific characteristics of the player themselves that you know you want uh, that you typically see in some of those late round flyers? Is it a you know I know you're not we just had this conversation about following college, so you might not follow them from uh, you know their 
freshman, sophomore year in college, but once they get into, once they're drafted by a team or once they get traded, like in the Jarek McKinnon situation, like are there characteristics, whether it be situation or talent that you look for in some of these late round flyers that say, yeah, I, I think that guy, he can, you know, he can pay off. Like if, if the, this story that I'm telling myself comes true, then he's going to be, you know, the like the a wide receiver two for my team or something like that. So, are there any of those types of like profile that you see for players that you want to target? Uh, I wouldn't say there's a specific profile, just because things situations differ from team to team. So, um, I guess a couple of guys that that I've been in on from the get go, especially as rookies, is like Jordan Wilkins. He demonstrated. Ability in college. I, I, his last season in the SEC, he had over a thousand yards. I think he had uh, double digit catches. And so, but he, his, his athletic profile is not great. And I mean, I, I guess presumably he was buried in a depth chart. He, he only had a fifth round NFL draft capital. So a lot of people are looking at him like, Oh, he's just the third running back on that team. But when you look at it, like Marlon Mack has, soft tissue injuries he I, he had him last year he has him again this year um naheem hines isn't really a, a between the tackles grinder um, more of a, a scat back type um that can move around the formation catch the ball but he's not going to be in there on first and second down running the ball between the tackles so jordan wilkins had a you you could see a path to touches i mean one injury from mac and and you're seeing um 150 plus carries so it's guys and so that that's one example but then another example is chris godwin chris godwin had decent college production but his athletic profiles through the roof um he had an 89th percentile uh 40 his speed scores 89th percentile agility scores 76th um catch rate is 78th so it's just one of those things where he's very athletic um, and he's all, he was also buried on the depth chart in, in Tampa Bay. Um, and, and people were grabbing him late, but then you look at it, Deshaun Jackson is 32, 33 now. So he's getting up there in age. So you can see a path to, um, Chris Godwin becoming the wide receiver two on that Tampa Bay team across from Mike Evans. So I don't think there's a specific profile that you're looking for, but for me, it's, is he athletic? Does he have college um, college statistics that you can point to? Um, and then what what is the situation in terms of his path to targets, his path to touches? So those are kind of the three main things that I'm looking at. And Godwin's a great point. He's actually pushed uh, Deshaun Jackson to the slot. So he's, you know, lining up outside. Um, not a late-round target anymore by any means, but he was. And that's what's right. important. So we talked about kind of the team situation is very important to look at. Um, besides that, just on a player level, are there any metrics that you typically look at when you're scouting a player or even resources that you like to use? Well, so we, we were talking about this at the beginning. I, I don't watch college because there's just so much stuff to watch. There's so many players out there. But I rely on guys that do watch college or do watch that film. So guys like Matt Waldman, Gwalen, that – write down their observations. So before the NFL draft and even before the combine, I, I, I like to read through what they're seeing and, and see 
some of the guys that they like. And then I start looking at their college production and their athletic profiles and stuff like that. Um, things like playerprofiler.com. So I think one of the biggest things, especially with identifying any, any, any good player and or becoming a good owner in dynasty is recognizing your weaknesses. So I'm not good at watching film. I'm good at the analytical stuff. I'm good at doing that research. So I rely on others to tell me this is what this person looks like. Um, and, 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 and you need to consume multiple resources because a lot of guys look at different college players differently. So I know, for instance, Matt Waldman didn't, wasn't in love with Cortland Sutton, but Nick, Nick Whalen is. So you, you just kind of got to gauge how these guys view players. And then you look at their college production. You look at their athletic profiles and, and kind of get an idea of what how they can fit in an offense. Another good example is like Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara was not a good runner in, in college. Um, he was great at receiving the ball. And, and Matt Waldman didn't like him because he's just not a an overall balanced running back. But he said, he said in his uh, rookie scouting portfolio, if he gets into the right situation – he's going to become very valuable and sure, certain enough goes to new Orleans. Um, and even then he was buried on the depth chart and you could consider him late round, but he was still back into the first last year in rookie rookie um, drafts. But then Adrian Peterson gets out of the way and all of a sudden you have a league winner in Alvin Kamara. So basically it's like I said, recognize what you're not good at, consume the content that you know, you're not good at, and then start to apply that to what you are good at. And that's how I kind of look at it. And I think that's the, I mean, that's a, that's a perfect process. And I think for dynasty owners, I think that's the, the best way to kind of go about doing things that we might have our own biases in terms of how we want to evaluate players. But in order for us to have a balanced approach to building our rosters, you, you have to be able to consume other people's work, the folks that are putting in that time. So like the Matt Waldwins, the, the Nick Whalens, uh, the folks that are looking at things from both a talent perspective and an athletic perspective, or even if you want to dig even deeper. So again, if, if I'm not a college person, and then I, but I, again, I want to understand how somebody like, I don't know, Lamar Jackson or any of the quarterbacks that have come out are actually going to perform in the NFL. Well, you have to go back and look at some of their offensive schemes and the way that their, their off- offenses were run. So you can go and look at folks like Mark Schofield and things that, you know, guys of that nature, analysts of that nature that can break that stuff down and say, okay, well, if these are the plays they like to run, these are the you know the type of uh, you know bunch receiver formations that they like to use at whatever particular college they play, that they played at. This is what you can kind of expect for to see in the NFL if they are to succeed. So those are the situations that you want to look for, or those are the types of information you want to gather, so that you can have that same type of approach. So now you draft this person, you get you know, you pick up this late round target of yours. Do you have any specific expectations for them as they're coming out? I mean, are you expecting them to just, you know, hit right off the bat? Or again, depending on the situation, is it kind of a, a wait and see type approach to some of these guys? I think it's definitely wait and see. Like we talked about low risk, high rewards. So you shouldn't be afraid to cut these guys if if they're not gonna cut it or if they're just going to be roster cloggers for instance like Jeremy Mc, Jeremy McNichols who's now been cut from two different teams a lot of people were high on him last year he wasn't picking up the playbook in Tampa Bay 
I don't know what happened in San Francisco. A lot of people thought maybe maybe he could take over some some of the in between the tackles work, but it just didn't work out there. I don't know if it's necessarily time to cut him, but it's getting to a point where he's now been cut by two different teams, and maybe maybe he's just not meant to be on your on your roster, um, and he he may be a waiver pickup in the future. But uh, really, in general, you shouldn't be expecting these hall of fame type careers from these late round flyers they're late round for a reason they their draft capital is low for a reason you don't have the tom brady's the antonio browns the terrell davis's coming every year from these later rounds so that's one of those things is that and i think that's what's fun about in like like uh, adam mentioned you, you kind of get a brag about what you what you do and don't or do get right and and really if if we kind of look back at what what we do get right i bet you most of us it's going to be a very low percentage and it's just one of those things is like we're doing the best analysis we can but we can't i mean we're lucky a lot of the time because situations have to fall right so it's it's one of those things where it's just like yeah great great one of your late round guys worked out but most of the time it's not going to happen. And you just, sometimes you just got to cut bait. Yep. And, uh, one of the, my favorite things to say and to keep in mind is that the dudes still have to go play football. So, um, we're talking about these late round flyers and we can paint all these pictures, which I'm about to touch on, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about later cut and bait because that has to happen too. Um, but Kevin, the FF engineer always, likes to say bar of brilliance and that's what we're doing none of us have time to do all of this research on our own um you just listen to the guys and then um go paint your own picture so if i told you hey you need to go draft keelan cole because he looked great last season had 750 yards you can take that you can look at the film that i've presented to you if i presented you film but you also need to go paint your own picture as well. Don't just do it because somebody told you this is the late round flyer you need on your roster. Cause ultimately you're going to have to drop a different late round flyer that you had on your roster for a different reason. Uh, so you can go to playerprofile.com, say, Oh wow. His, his college dominator percentage was in the 99th percentile. That's phenomenal. Look into it a little bit more. Okay. Now I like Keelan Cole. Now I add Keelan Cole. So that's a, that's another thing we like to preach here all the time is, you know, Listen to us, listen to, to some of these people out here that are telling you about these players, but make sure that you've justified it on your own and you know why you're doing things, not just what to do. So we're going to take a, a break for a second and we're going to touch on uh, ffstatistics.com by uh, Addison Hayes, just such an amazing site. We've partnered with them in the past and we've done um, the FF Statistics trivia. It's so much fun every week, but we've taken a break from that for the past few weeks because we want to talk about the partnership coming up. So we've got the DLF family of pods. If you haven't checked it out, definitely go check that out. It, it's so awesome how they all have all the pods in one spot. But I bring that up because we'll be doing the same thing with FF Statistics. So FF Statistics will be bringing you a FF Statistics family of pods. So far, it's we've got ourselves on it as, as well as the actual official FF Statistics pod. If you haven't checked that out, that's another great listen. So there's a couple things coming in the future, and we're really excited about them. So we talked about these late round guys, basically the good, um, but there's also the bad to these guys. So you've got your guys like, let's talk Laquan Treadwell a little because he's had a bit of a, a rocky road. I mean, he was one, two 
you know, one one for a while before Ezekiel Elliott kind of um, leapfrogged him, and then nothing for a very very long time. Then he becomes the late round flyer. Then you have the pa- the picture painted well. He was the one two for this reason and that reason. So then you pick him up. Then you come a year or two later, and he still hasn't done anything. When do you bring yourself to cut bait with one of your uh, late round guys? Well, and 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 like I said, it, it really depends. I mean, if you're getting this roster clogger, mediocre production for years that you just don't ever start them, um, then there's no point in having them on on your your um, your roster. And that's even just true for even earlier round guys. So Devonte Parker, for instance. I, at some point, I mean, I, I jumped off that roller coaster last year. Another guy, Josh Doxson this year, he just, if he doesn't produce, I, I think at some point you just got to say, well, I'm done. And, and I think, I think dynasty or, or, or fantasy owners are a lot like GMs, a lot like head coaches where draft capital matters. The guys with higher draft capital will get more chances. That's why Devontae Parker is still existing. That's why, um, and, and Josh Doxson's a little bit different just because of his injuries. Laquan Treadwell, Laquan Treadwell, everybody was kind of hoping and praying, and and now he's maybe going to do it this year. Who knows? Um, but yeah, and and, and my, my my better example, my best example, I said earlier was Jeremy McNichols. A lot of people were high on him, but is he? I mean, is he worth a stash at this point? He's already been cut by two teams, so. Really, I think you got to look at it as have they have they even produced enough to be startable on your roster? And and maybe maybe it takes two or three years, and maybe that's that's the line is okay. After three years, this guy hasn't done anything for me. I just I got to let him go. And 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 I think that's just true overall. It, maybe tight ends. It's a little bit different because you see a lot of tight ends break out late late. Um, so guys like Dallas Goddard this year. You may have to wait three, four years. Um, so it's it's also understanding positions as well. And when we discussed borrowed brilliance, it was in reference to other industry folks. But um, when we care, the reason we care so much about draft capital is because we're borrowing brilliance from NFL coaching staffs. So you really have to tell yourself this story that. Man, I put a lot of time into dynasty football, but these people sleep under their desks because they spent so long reviewing these players. They have draft boards that are 700 players long. Um, that's why we care so much about draft capital because you have to think that the people that do this, not only for a living, but I mean, 75 hours a week are getting it right. So you might have not been on Sony Michelle. And then when you think of, you know, one of the greatest minds in football history, Bill Belichick is willing to take him in the end of the first round. You kind of got to take pause. So that's why we care so much about draft capital. Yeah. And I, I would agree with both of you guys there. And actually just to, to tag on there, Sam, I wanted to get your quick thoughts up there. I mean, some of the players you just mentioned, Treadwell, McNichols, uh, I mean, would would a player like uh, Kevin White would that also fall into like some of the players that you're talking in terms of the players that we expected with their high draft capital because Kevin White was what seventh overall, sixth overall, somewhere in there, yep. I, you know. And yeah. but I, I do believe that from what we've seen so far, 
with the Bears preseason and whatnot, it seems to be trending in the positive direction. So would he also fall into that? Like, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to see. I, I think he's worth a stash or I could still hold him, but we're, we're kind of teetering on the edge. Is that is that the case? Well, and I, I think part of that is he's had two injuries that have basically ended two of both That's of his seasons. Yeah. Well, I, he mm-hmm. came in. He came in with an injury, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little bit different. The same with like guys like Josh Doxson, who he can't, he basically was injured his entire rookie season. So last year was effectively his rookie season. So you have to take injuries into account there as well. But I mean, I, I think the thing with Kevin White is for me, this would be his last kind of chance. He's already a wide receiver on that team. Yeah. So he's behind. Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller. So, I mean, if he doesn't produce this year, I don't know when he is going to. Um, and also, he's about 26 years old. He came into the league at 24, and I know that because he lied about his age coming in, which is a pretty funny story. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's a great player to bring up, Chris, because um, I, would, I did want to touch on that if you can – uh, take these guys that have been injured and haven't been able to show a lot. Um, we are very oriented as a community around what have you done for me recently. And if you can find these guys that haven't done anything recently, but you can tell yourself why they haven't, i.e. Kevin White hasn't because he literally hasn't played, you can paint yourself a picture where you're getting a first-round pick for essentially free, and then you can get pretty excited going into the season. Hey guys, just want to take a quick break from our discussion with Sam in order to talk to you guys about our sponsorship through 444. If you use our promo code DynastyOM in the promo code box, you get 25% off any subscription on their site. Now they have the most accurate rankings since 2012 and that includes the custom rankings, the cheat sheets, weekly updates by the one and only John Paulson who's been one of the best rankers in the industry. You get all of that along with the DFS tools including the lineup generator, the league syncing app, and also the draft analyzer tool. Even though we're already in season, but for folks that are getting into that right now and starting a little bit late, 444 has got everything you need. So go ahead and get in on that right now and take advantage of our subscription that you can get through our through our podcast. And now, back to Sam. Yeah, add him in as a as a you know as a throw in, like in trade negotiations or something like that. Yeah. So I mean, but like players like that, I think they kind of work into understanding their value as both the year progresses and also as their career progresses. Because as Sam, as you mentioned, I mean, Kevin White, like that particular his particular situation, he came into the league injured. So while the expectations were high because he was taken with such a high draft capital. Of course, we couldn't expect that same amount of production because that injury was still a concern for him. So we had to kind of temper our expectations and hope that he would kind of return to that form and become what we expect him to be with a first-round pick. So do you have a process, like whether it be understanding the situation, like the team situation, injuries, or whatever the case may be, for determining what that person's dynamic value or as the, their value as it changes throughout either the season or throughout their career to make that decision like, okay, this is the final year. So like with Josh Jackson, you pointed out earlier, 
okay, we knew coming into the league there were injury concerns, so we might be able to understand, So, but this is the final year, in order for you to understand like what their value is. Do you have a, a, a process for that? That's tough, just because we've seen that a lot recently, with especially with wide receivers, where uh, Devontae Parker's oft injured. He ha- he shows that that glimpse of a play. Um, Mike Williams came into the into uh, the NFL injured. So and so we've and, but we saw what he could do in college. Same with Josh Doxson. So for me, it's just one of those things where it's like, does it seem like they're moving on? And for me, with like Kevin White, the Bears seem to me be moving on. Um, he's now the like I said, wide receiver four there. And you can almost see that kind of with Josh Doxson as well, where they've brought in another wide receiver who's faster than him but has a similar skill set So with in, in Paul Richardson. So I think you have to look at it as, well, it looked like this year Mike Williams might have a role, and it still might be true, but especially after the Hunter injury and Henry injury uh, and, and Terrell Williams is going down. So that's the other thing is, well – what is the what is the future roster look like? Are they going to give these guys a chance? Uh, so Tyrell Williams is a free agent next year. Mike Williams likely slots in as that wide receiver too. Doxson, who knows? Devontae Parker, it seems like they're moving away from him. So I think it depends on what the roster situation as a whole is. What I mean, is it, is it just one injury coming in? And then they're fine. Is it multiple injuries like Kevin White? Much, much like determining what a late round value is, it, it's kind of like you said. It's it's a dynamic situation where it's like, well, things are changing because these teams just can't sit there and wait on a player. So it really depends on what's going on with that team at the given time. And you make an excellent point bringing up roster uh, situation because that is massive in identifying your late round targets. James Conner, if you took shots at James Conner because you know that the situation is messy there, you're going to get paid off this season probably. Um, another one, Matt Breda. Uh, I, I I didn't see it with McKinnon. I was very vocal that I didn't see it with McKinnon, that I didn't think it was going to work out. So I said, well, why would I not have Matt Brado on every team? And now I've got Matt Brado on every team. And unfortunately, that's the injury side of it. Nobody said that Jarek McKinnon was going to tear an ACL, but that's the thing. You, you th- I thought that he would underproduce, so I took the player behind him. Um, if you can paint those pictures with the roster situations, there are definitely guys like Keelan Cole. I didn't think that 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 uh, receiving core was was scary to me at all. I like Cole a lot, and I'm probably the second most impressive player. I did like Marquise Lee as well, but I didn't see... I mean, Didi's playing in the slot, and he wasn't going to be competition, and I wasn't afraid of Moncrief. He hasn't showed anything besides that Andrew Luck could carry him, so that's another target there was Keelan Cole because I felt that there was a very, very simple... Uh, path to production so the roster situation is almost more important than the player at that point well and and like my examples nick vanette for the seattle seahawks you you lose almost i over 200 targets from last year uh, especially with paul richardson and and uh, jimmy graham gone and that equate and they had 31 red zone targets nick vanette's a 6'6 250 pound tight end he's going to be a monster in the red zone 
Um, so you can definitely see a path where he becomes very, a very viable tight end, um, especially in the land, the tight end landscape right now. Quincy Inunua, you, you have questions around Robbie Anderson. They don't have a tight end. They don't have a good tight end situation. Uh, Terrell Pryor's basically a name at this point. So you can see Quincy Inunua becoming the wide receiver one there. And then, and then like Jordan Wilkins, like I said, uh, you have Mac who he's okay. I guess he had, he had his college production. He's decent, but he's had injuries and, and another one popped up again. And all of a sudden Jordan Wilkins is the week one starter. So you got Adam hit it right on the head. There is, it's probably more important regardless of talent. The, the roster situation might be more important than anything. And then one more thing to touch on before we move on is it's when we're talk when we're discussing cutting bait, it's almost an art to cut bait at the right time because when we say cut bait, it unfortunately means dropping the player. But if you can get value for the player before you have to drop them, that is ideal. So for example, I had Jarek McKinnon and I completely understand he tore his ACL. We didn't get to see if he faltered or not. But I thought he would. I uh, adopted a team and immediately traded Jarek McKinnon for Baker Mayfield on a super flex. I liked the deal a lot. That was my example of cutting bait. It was. It didn't have to be you know a late round flyer. So if you can get value for a player that you think will decline, still Devonte Parker for whatever reason you can get value for. That's what you need to do. Um, but now the last thing we wanted to touch on is we're talking about the end of these drafts. So if you have those. 30-some-odd player drafts. You notice oftentimes that owners stop caring by about pick 26, and you still got four rounds to go. Do you feel that there's value to be had in those last uh, four rounds of those 30-player drafts? Absolutely, and and maybe not in terms of young age value, but guys like Ted Ginn, who are, who are going way late, but produced a decent season last year guys like and and tory smith's might maybe not the best example but tory smith could have one of those uh, some of those boom weeks with carolina so um and then there's a lot of right now there's a lot of tight ends just because there's so many questions at tight end that like that i i think nick vanette you can actually have way late and he's now the starting tight end or you could have had him way late He's now the starting tight end for the Seattle Seahawks. Guys like Jordan Aikens, who are long shot, but who knows with the Houston tight end situation. So there's guys that like a lot of people aren't interested in because of their age, but for one or two years, they could end up winning you weeks. So, yeah, absolutely. You, you just got to understand what those guys do. Mike Wallace is another guy that maybe you can have later or could have had later. Um, before the Alshon uh, injury, so definitely, I, I think I think there's value to be had in every round if you pay attention. So it's just it's one of those things. Pay attention to every round, even if it's thirty rounds. You can have guys that can give you, and and, and they're called more best ball specials, but that can give you those boom weeks that could win you weeks. With, especially when the buys come around and hit you hard. Yep, could not agree more. And 
So, Sam, again, we thank you for coming out tonight and, and having uh, this this quick discussion with us. But before we get you out, I just wanted to know, uh, and maybe this could be a help for the folks at home, could you give us maybe, let's say, two to three late-round guys that uh, you find yourself looking at quite hard at the end of drafts for, for this season? Um, yeah, and, and really I mentioned them throughout, but uh, really, really love Quincy Inunua. I've been on Quincy Inunua from the get-go. Um, loved him in 2016 when he put up numbers with a atrocious quarterback situation. And there's questions with that entire offense that he could have – I my, my take is he could actually put up wide receiver two numbers from the slot there. Um, and then in Nick Vanette, like I said, 31 red zone targets. 31 red zone targets. Really his only red zone threat there is Brandon Marshall, who is 34 years old. So you're talking about a 6'6", 250-pound guy that can get up and get the ball. And he, touchdown dependent or not, give me 400, 400 yards and 10 touchdowns. I'm very happy with my tight end situation. Yep, I think that's solid. I think two targets that hopefully folks will take Sam's advice and go ahead and you know pick those guys up and see how it works out for the 2018 season. And we'll we'll get a sneak preview of how that season will turn out this coming weekend. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. So again, before we get out tonight, uh, Adam, do we have any other announcements for the folks tonight? Well, we do. We've got football. Hell yeah, <laughs> oh, that's the big one. Um, but then, yeah, we've got the, we've got the t-shirts going on. So definitely, uh, give me a DM at DHH underscore Adam, or you can DM me, DM me at Dynasty Manual. Um, let me know what size you'd like and, uh, we can get that pre-ordered. Uh, also you can follow along on most of our podcasts on YouTube live at Dynasty Pregame. Then you can, uh, also subscribe at Dynasty Owners Manual on iTunes and Stitcher. And uh, if you guys could leave a rate or review, we'd re- greatly appreciate that. We'll uh, we'll start reading those out soon. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'd love to love to see you know get some feedback or some positive feedback from the community and see how you know see how things are going and see how we can improve and get some better hashtag content out for for all you guys. So, all right, Sam. So we'll let you go for tonight. Uh, but before we do, uh, where can the folks find you at on Twitter? Sure. So uh, again, thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. I like uh, talking to you guys. You can find me on Twitter at FF Stompy. Uh, you can find my content coming from at F3Pod, as well as the IDP guys at IDP guys, and then a weekly column coming up uh, tomorrow uh, at FF underscore authority for the Fantasy Authority. Good deal, man. I, I can't wait to see some of the start sit stuff. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna need as much help as I can get because <laughs> I, I, I tinker with my roster like nonstop. Like come Sunday mornings, man. So I'll probably have to check out your piece and then uh, go ahead and just I'll just say Sam told me to start these players, so I'll just blame you, man. I'm just all gonna, right. I'm, hey, I'm, listen, I'm all for that. Like I said, probably a 25. percent I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all up in your mentions, like, yeah, dude, you told me to start this guy. So what happened? happened? No worries. (laughs) All right, guys. So for that, uh, this was our uh, fun episode tonight, and I hope you guys uh, really do enjoy it. And I'm your host, Chris Allen. You can find me at ChrisAllenFFWX on Twitter. And I guess that's it for tonight. So, again, hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll catch you guys next week. 101 pick when it hits you, feel no pain. Praying for the fantasy championship. Hit the books, kid. Read this pamphlet called the Dynasty Owner's Manual. It's automatic. Dynasty. It's automatic.
automatic. Owner's manual. It, it, it's automatic. D dynasty. It, it, it's automatic.